Welcome to NCBA's Cattleman's Call podcast with host Lane Nordland. Hello, everyone. It's time for today's Cattleman's Call podcast. Welcome back, Lane Nordland. Happy to be with you here today. And as we continue to have conversations that help the cattlemen and women out in the countryside, we're going to focus a little more on a different subject area here today highlighting some pasture management opportunities that producers can participate in. Join us here today is Scott Flynn and Damon Palmer with Corteva, and uh, they're going to be discussing some tools and opportunities producers can utilize out in the countryside. But uh, before we go any further, uh, Damon and Scott, let's just learn a little bit more about uh, both of you. Uh, uh, Damon, could you talk more about your background and uh, your, maybe your growing up in agriculture or, or uh, how, how you got into the business? Sure. So uh, I've been uh, in the industry now uh, going on 22 years. This is my 22nd year. And I am a proud graduate and alumni of Clemson University. Came out of their animal science and uh, ag econ program. And uh, before that, uh, I didn't. I was not raised on a farm. Uh, came from a family where mom was from a farm, uh, dad wasn't, so we didn't end up on the farm. But uh, grew up in and around it, and uh, worked on it through through college or through high school, and uh, just have a great love for for all of agriculture. Uh, but uh, started working with cattle uh, at an early age, uh, as well as row crops. Went on to get that animal science degree. And uh, through my history uh, at, uh, at Dowger Sciences and, and now Corteva, I've just had the good fortune of working in various businesses and uh, worked in herbicide business. I've been able to work in the seed business, uh, some advanced technology, and uh, find myself here with the privilege to lead our pasture and land management business where we really focus on uh, land management outside the core cropping area and cattle ranchers and uh, helping them steward the land is a key part of what we do. So it's been a great career thus far uh, and uh, really just enjoy being able to work with farmers, ranchers, and, and have been able to do that over the last couple of decades. Now, Scott, uh, you're a Clemson alumni too, is that what I heard? Uh, no, not, not Clemson <laughs> alumni. Uh, no, actually, I grew up in, in eastern Kentucky. And um, like many others in eastern Kentucky, we, we grew tobacco and cattle. Uh, that those were the two primary things growing up and if, if you've ever had any experience with tobacco you'll understand why I ended up in cattle uh, it's uh, it's always it's, there's always a, um, a time when you look back and you know the best day I ever had in the tobacco field was still worse than the worst day I ever had uh, working with cattle but um, went on to college at uh, Eastern Kentucky University and uh, really gained a love for um, for agronomy and so I started pursuing forages as my primary focus went on to the University of Kentucky and uh, to get my master's in, in plant and soil science again focusing on forages and then uh, I finished up my education at Iowa State University where I worked on growing different forage crops with corn as a year-round cover crop uh, ended up working for Corteva straight out of uh, my PhD program in, in range and pasture uh, that's where my passion lies and so uh you know here i am today uh you know getting to advise cattle farmers uh doing research uh, i just uh, i don't think i could ask for any better uh, of course uh, i think sometimes pasture condition in the past has got overlooked uh, about the importance of 
uh, inputs that need to be uh, put put out on the land, and, and also just the importance of soil health along with that. And uh, it's more of a, a conversation we are having more and more as as we look at sustainability, at conservation, and and how farmers and ranchers truly are stewards of their land. Um, Scott, when you're out in the countryside, what, what are some of those key things, maybe some concerns you hear from producers, maybe some questions you have from producers um, when you're out in the field, just uh, talking with them over the, the hood of your pickup? You know, I think uh, probably the most common issue I run into, um, you know, while I do work in uh, weed control for pastures, uh, weed control is a symptom of usually something else going on. And the first that I always start looking at would be the grazing system that they have. Um, Any time that we can implement a grazing system on a farm that allows forages to rest and recover uh, and a, a system that does not graze too close to the ground so that those plants can properly rest and recover. Uh, those are the keys, I, I think, for, for good production. Um, people who ignore that a lot of times open up their pastures to, to a lot of weed problems, poor water infiltration, um, very poor root development in, in the pasture, and so that leads to a decline in soil health. Um, so when I walk out into a pasture, a lot of times I'm looking at the grazing system that has caused a, a lot of the issues in, in that field. And Damon, on your aspect of it, what are some of the goals that Corteva has, uh, short-term, long-term, and, and whether it's outreach and having boots on the ground like Scott or just having products available to go out there and help these producers and help the land as well? Well, this is a very uh, key segment, key market segment for Corteva. And, uh, you know, we've, we've recently come through and finished up a merger. Uh, we, we've put together the Dow business, the DuPont business, and the Pioneer Seed business. And we've done that over the last couple of years. And so uh, we had a lot of questions a couple of years ago when we introduced the Corteva name and uh, kind of started to phase out of the little Dow Diamond, which has been in the ranching business for over 50 years. And so we had a lot of questions about, you know, what is your your focus, what is your commitment on this industry going forward. And uh, we're extremely excited, we're extremely proud to hear that, uh, that uh, a lot of the things that we talked about uh, as far as future innovations uh, coming to market are truly coming to market, coming to fruition. And uh, so I think we said back then uh, in 2018 that we were going to, we were planning to launch uh, three new products in three years. Uh, we've actually, uh, right now we've got eyes on launching four new products in three years. So we've exceeded that uh, with the last one still pending uh, EPA registration. So uh, new technology uh, is a uh, key indicator, I think, of our commitment uh, to this market segment. So, Scott, when you're out there um, looking to help manage weeds, what are some of the top priorities that uh, you engage with producers on and opening up that conversation that maybe they haven't put a plan into place to help manage weeds? I think it always starts um, with uh, the observation that they're looking for more acres and uh, they, they would like to increase the size of their cattle herd. And I always start the conversation off with have the mindset of a row crop farmer that you're trying to optimize profit per acre. You know, for every acre that you're using, let's try to get the most out of that. So that leads into that, that whole topic of, of weed control, soil fertility, 
um, or just soil health, where we're trying to increase the production of that pasture, increase the carrying capacity. Uh, so that's, that's usually, the, those are the places where I start. We tell producers that for every pound of uh, broadleaf weeds that you can control, you'll usually get more than a pound and a half of, uh, of forage in return. And if you look at the cost of herbicides, that is some cheap feed compared to going out and buying hay or, or, or buying supplements. Uh, so getting them in the mindset that that acre we're trying to optimize the production per, on that acre and that the investments to do that are much smaller than going out and renting more land or buying more land is key. Cheapest real estate uh, a cattle producer will ever buy will be the acre that they gain when they get their weeds under control. Damon, anything on that that you want to? So as we work with ranchers, uh, we look at you know, range land, we look at pasture land. That is probably their single largest asset. Um, you know, it's, it's extremely valuable. And so we really uh, seek to look at ways where we can partner with them uh, through our network of specialists and maximizing their return on that asset. And, and that's really how we work with them to, to look at that. Maybe let's talk about the collaboration that you have in trying these new products out in the field and how important it is for producers to, to, to be open to that collaboration to, to help uh, advance these new products as well. Yes, yeah, so uh, I work in research and development, and um, because I'm what they call a virtual field scientist, I'm, I'm not uh, at a research station, I'm not at the headquarters, I am living uh, in an area where I have access to a lot of pasture, so all of my relationships uh, are with farmers because they help, they help me do my research. Uh, and so the, the American farmer has been our number one collaborator when it comes to developing these herbicides. They come out to the field, they walk the fields with us, they, they, they see these products in action and they give us feedback. Um, so we, I, I certainly couldn't do my job without some of the, the core group of farmers that I've developed over the years who, who come in and help me. And then I also have to say, outside of that, the universities. The universities working with us, um, I, I can do about maybe half of my research. <laughs> the other half of the research, I go to the, my university partners and, and give them a protocol and say, hey, can you please test this, stretch its legs, see how far uh, we can take it. Yeah, Scott, I think that's, you, you, uh, you really hit on some great things there with farmers, ranchers being key collaborators. Um, you know, having the experience of working in a lot of different markets within agriculture, um, range pasture, beef production is, is very unique. Uh, one thing that I've learned in this business is that uh, landowner and rancher objectives are really different. Uh, different and diverse. And so as we develop and collaborate on new products um, and also, you know, just continue to consult with ranchers, uh, really sitting down and learning those diverse land objectives is key. And, uh, you know, great example, just, just here in the state of Texas, uh, you've got farmers and ranchers really focused on maximizing their ranch, maximizing their, uh, maximizing their land for cattle production uh, all the way over to folks that are really focused on wildlife. And so that's really what makes this market unique is just the focus on the land and um, really the ability for us to sit down, understand their objectives, work on new products, uh, new technologies, and uh, continue to meet their needs. You know, I, 
a great story. I, I've I've been on producer swarms before doing research, and uh, I'll test a product early in the spring, and then I'll come back with a group of cattlemen, uh, and we'll look at that pasture. and And I had uh, one gentleman back in Kentucky owned a little over a thousand acres, and he had a crew of guys mowing every year to to keep his pastures in check. And he had never used herbicides. And he came out to the field day, and he saw this field and how clean it was. And uh, he went out and bought a sprayer. <laughs> he went out, and so you know, just just when they they see that and they they work with us and, and have that relationship, uh, it's all the difference. And the thing is, I have a dozen stories like that where we've gone on farm, made that big change, and 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 they're sold. They're like, I can't believe I haven't been doing this. <laughs> Well, I think that is a great example of what you can provide to producers in the countryside. And we'll be right back after this quick break, and we'll talk more about sustainability along with consumers' views of sustainability with Damon and Scott after this. Your land is a legacy, a challenge from those who tended it before you to build on their foundations. At Corteva AgriScience, we understand what it means to be the stewards of a legacy. We embrace the challenge of building on the foundation of Dow AgroSciences to maintain your trust, to bring new solutions, to help you care for your land. See how we can help build your legacy at rangeandpasture.com. As we come back today, a question that I have is obviously a lot of consumers are concerned about sustainability and how farmers and ranchers take care of the environment. What is Corteva's message and how are, how, how are they working with farmers and ranchers to, to share how sustainable these practices truly are? Yeah, so we're, we're very active in helping cattle producers um, really articulate their message. And uh, what, a couple of the things that we do is that, uh, first of all, we have sponsored for over 20 years now the Environmental Stewardship Award Program uh, with NCBA and some other key sponsors like McDonald, NRCS, U.S. Fish and Wildlife. And that program is just a great tool to really, you know, look at uh, all of these different applications uh, and then recognize both regionally and nationally some of the stewardship practices that farmers and ranchers are doing on their, on their land and on their ranches. And uh, that's been a great tool. And uh, it's, it's really interesting because a lot of, you see a lot of the same things, a lot of the same practices across regions. And uh, it's really tough uh, to make some of those selections for the national winner because there's just there, there's so many good things going on. So being a sponsor of that program uh, has been a key, uh, key investment for us uh, and a key tactic for us to help get that message out. And then also we are a, a key key supporter, active participant in the U.S. Roundtable for Sustainable Beef. And uh, I came into this a few years ago and went to my first U.S. Roundtable meeting and um, really interesting to see all members or I guess members representing all parts of the value chain uh, from cow-calf all the way down to retail uh, really getting together to talk about what can we do to, to promote? What can we do to, for continuous improvement as far as beef sustainability goes? And so those are just a couple of examples of where we participate, help lead, not only invest dollars, but we invest time of our folks, uh, which, is, which is really precious uh, today. 
So what are some of those interactions you're having on the trade show floor? Maybe some of the questions that producers, when they come up, are, are asking. I know it's probably, how do you say Corteva? A lot of them <laughs> say Corteva, but I was there at the Commodity Classic a few years ago when they unveiled the new name, so I know how to say it. Um, but uh, what, what are some of those key questions or interactions you have one-on-one with these producers right here on the trade show floor? You know, I... Uh, I talk with producers sometimes about um, just kind of how pastures degrade. And, you know, they'll come in and they'll tell me, I, I have this, this terrible problem here with this particular weed species. And we start kind of working down the line and talking about, you know, how, one, how does, does that problem, you know, take such a foothold on your pastures. But at the end of the day, when we look at, the methods that we use to restore pastures um, and how they help sustainability, it kind of all goes back to making sure that that land does not degrade to begin with. Um, and so one of the conversations I like to have with producers is that you have a pasture that has very poor soil fertility, that the soil health is not there, and then you start having weed problems come into that field. And what happens is that now where you're grazing x number of acres you're grazing x number of acres minus <laughs> the amount of weed pressure out there so effectively what's happening you're increasing the carrying capacity on the good forage on your farm and so you go through another season that way and then their weeds encroach and the pasture continues to degrade the pa the cattle tend to focus on the areas where the good forage is at and the pasture continues to, to decline so uh, while we have people that are very opposed to using herbicides. When we look at things like uh, the, the, the total number of acres that we're using, the carrying capacity, when we go in and implement a good weed management program, when we go in and we're concerned about uh, soil health, what we do is we make all that land usable and our carrying capacity goes up. That means that we're producing more cattle on less land. And I don't think there's a better sustainability message out there than doing more with less. And, and that's something that I love to bring to producers' uh, their attention is that when we, they implement these practices, that's, that's technically what they're doing. Yeah, we have a lot of producers that, that come in with the simple question of what is this weed? So I saw several people come in and, you know, showing pictures of the weed. And, and that's one thing that's unique about this this market as well that, that I've learned is just the diversity of weed species that, that farmers and ranchers are managing. I mean, from California to Maine, you know, down to Texas, there's a lot of diversity there. And when they come in and they say, hey, what is this weed? It really opens up that broader that broader conversation about pasture productivity and sustainability and soil health. And so that's a, that's a lot of what we get is, hey, what is this? And it turns into a much deeper conversation. Scott, you mentioned uh, you grew up on a tobacco and cattle operation. And you know, Damon, you are uh, one generation removed uh, from, from agriculture, uh, production agriculture, excuse me. What are your messages to maybe the young people listening to this podcast that are, are maybe they don't have an opportunity to go back to a farm or ranch, or maybe it's going to be a, several years before they become part of that family operation again on uh, the importance of maybe pursuing careers uh, out in the field like, like yourself or, or uh, whatnot? What, what are some of those key tips and what, what, what should the educational system look like in the experience that hands-on experience out in the field shape up to be? 
Well, I have a lot of opinions about this. <laughs> uh, we got time. <laughs> yeah, we've got, we've got time. I, I like that. I, I always talk to um, to young folks about being as well-rounded as possible. Um, don't come out of college being a one-trick pony. You know, don't come out specializing and and I feel like I'm targeted right now. No. <laughs> You know, don't come out and say, well, yeah, I work in corn. That's that's what I want to do. I want to work in corn. Don't do that. Um, and it, coming from this, from a scientific ba- uh, background, um, when I meet people who are aspiring to become scientists, I tell them, uh, when you are selling yourself to a potential employer, sell yourself as an agronomist and not a forage specialist or not a, a soybean specialist. You are an agronomist. You can work with any crop. All you have to do is invest the time. You can become an expert in, in, in any crop. Uh, and I would say the same thing for, for people who are getting into sales. Make sure that you're well-rounded as possible. If you're in an animal science program and you want to go into industry, make sure you understand all the things that go into the production of that animal, forages being one of them. And I feel like it gets missed a lot of times. And the same thing with, with, uh, with folks who are in, uh, agro- getting agronomy degrees. Go out and take an animal science degree. Understand where the products that you're producing are, are, are being used. So that, that would be my key advice for those, those folks. I always joke because uh, at Montana State, I did egg education relations, which is essentially an extension degree. And I say that's the liberal arts degree in the College of Egg because you get to learn about every aspect of agriculture in there. So just have to give, I always give a shout out to my alma mater on this <laughs> podcast. I know our listeners are like, God, he needs to stop talking about Montana. It's a great place, though. But, uh, Damon? Yeah, so, you know, my message to, to some of the younger folks out there would be that um, I think the future in agriculture is very bright, uh, and there are a lot of opportunities. And I've seen a shift just in my my tenure in, in some of those opportunities. I mean, you, you think about digital and precision ag, you know, 20 years ago, that wasn't a thing. And so we weren't really focused on that. So in addition to agronomy, some of the basic science, sciences, uh, animal science, dairy science, you know, we've got this whole new realm of digital and how, how do we connect uh, really Silicon Valley uh, with production agriculture. And I think that's just a great new horizon uh, for some of our some of our young people. But, uh, you know, I, I spend, as, as, as leading the team here in the U.S., uh, we spend a lot of time on succession planning and, you know, recruitment strategies for new people. And I, I can tell you, if, um, if you've got an interest in, in agriculture, there's some really neat possibilities out there uh, with companies like, like Corteva and, and, and back on ranches and, and really across the industry, across the value chain. And the sky's the limit. You know, that's that's the thing. Uh, you're talking about, our, you know, digital solutions and, and some of the things that we're doing there. Uh, we're coming upon a generation where they'll be able to develop their own solutions on farm given how cheap technology is. And I, I, I have this conversation. I, I give a presentation called Technology and Grazing Management. And one of the things I touch on is are these small computer boards, the Arduino, the Raspberry Pi. Probably, I don't know if not everybody's familiar with them, but the thing is that they had more computing power than the first space shuttle <laughs> or the first lander that landed on the moon. But we're making things now out of those, such as drones, 3D printers, and the, the, the limits, there are no limits to what we can do. And we're becoming very familiar with that technology. And um, I look for my kids to be able to build anything they want to 
based on how easy this and available this has become. So, Scott, what are maybe some of those uh, uh, emerging technologies that Corteva is working on or collaborating with, uh, whether it's drone technology, identifying weeds out in the out out in the pasture, uh, just to again be more efficient, uh, be you know be more cost efficient as well. Uh, what what does that look like? What, what can you share any of that, or what are maybe some of the current uh, trends that we're doing with some of this newer technology? I think the the one that comes to my mind is um, LandVisor. LandVisor, this solution that we're monitoring mesquite and the productivity of the land to make sure that producers can optimize the return on investment by treating the land that's going to provide them the best return on investment first. And that's just the tip of the iceberg here because when we look at the U.S., we look at the nearly, uh, what is it, half billion acres of, of grassland in the U.S. Uh, there's so much that we can do. The Australians did, were, you know, they were doing this 20 years ago, what they called the Pastures from Space program, where they would uh, uh, send producers information on the productivity of their pastures. And I think that technology has gotten to the point now where it's so readily accessible and the satellite information is such a high resolution that we are going to be able to start monitoring pasture production. We're going to be able to start identifying weed species uh, at a much smaller scale. Well, gentlemen, I think we've had a really great conversation uh, after a late night for some of us here at the Cattle Industry Convention. I was actually in bed by nine, like I said, but... Uh, um, is there anything else that you just you'd like to share with our audience? Again, we have a very diverse listening audience, uh, but I know there's a lot of a lot of people that are interested in making sure that their ranch is profitable and can be passed on to the next generation. Just uh, I'll give you both the floor. Yeah, so I guess I'd I'd just like to continue to communicate um, Corteva's commitment uh, to farmers and ranchers, and you know, in this market segment and what we're focused on here at. Uh, CattleCon is is really uh, the rancher and uh, our commitment to them. And at Corteva, as we've brought this new company together, uh, we focus on a couple of things, and, and one of those being enriching the lives of those who produce and those who consume. And uh, we, we realize that, uh, you know, people are buying food differently than they did 10 years ago. And we really feel like we can be a, a great partner in providing these new solutions, new technology like LandVisor Scott just talked about, uh, but also helping connect the dots and um, standing up and advocating for science uh, with consumers. And so we, we take it seriously uh, that uh, we've got a critical part of this. And, um, you know, to continue to move agriculture forward, we're going to have to be transparent uh, and uh, really talk about the science and the benefits of what we're doing in, in agriculture. There are no better stewards uh, than our farmers and ranchers, and ranchers, you know, really have a high focus on stewardship, and it's really helping them communicate uh, what they're doing out there. You know, my, um, my advice, um, focus on the land. Uh, we get really tied up in, in animal genetics, and I, I can walk out into a pasture with producers a lot of times and they can tell me everything about their bulls, uh, you know, history in, in, in the EPDs. And that's fantastic. Um, but when I look down in a pasture, I see, uh, you know, degraded soils. I see very poor forage base. And uh, being a guy from Kentucky, I put it like this, it's like going out and buying a Corvette and saying I'm never taking it over 30 miles an hour. Uh, and so our producers are very in tune to genetics. And one thing that I would love to see us do is push more towards learning about our forage base and how we can use that forage base to optimize our genetics. And the thing is with Corteva, 
we're we're stressing that we're stressing that message to make sure that our, our forage base is um, is optimized to meet the needs of those genetics that we have out in the field. Scott, I think that's a very good point and really great advice for the for the listeners of this podcast. And I know you've been sharing that here on the trade show floor and and when you're out in the countryside working with these producers. Uh, but uh, Scott Flynn, Damon Palmer, thank you so much for taking time during the. 2020 cattle industry convention to talk more about Corteva Agrosciences and, and all that uh, all that you were doing to, to help the the U.S. cattle producer so thank you guys so much thank you yeah thank you again friends for more information you can find uh, Corteva Agrosciences online and also give them a like on Facebook and if you have any suggestions or requests for future shows here on the Cattleman's Call podcast, make sure and submit those. You can find those on the ncba.org website and click on the Cattleman's Call page. Well, that will do it for today's Cattleman's Call podcast. We'll catch you next time. I'm Lane Northmont. Thanks for tuning in to NCBA's Cattleman's Call podcast with Lane Nordland. For more information, visit ncba.org and make sure to subscribe to the podcast today.